I am so grateful for so many things, but I'm the most grateful for the Lord saving my soul. So grateful that he died for me and he's, the relationship I've enjoyed. I didn't get saved uh, to escape hell. I got saved because I met the Savior. And I long that for all Christians to know him and enjoy him. There's just no one quite like him. This year is the year of Timothy for this church uh, to raise up the next generation. Interestingly enough, that's why I'm here for this very short little period for 12 days. Last year or year before, the Lord spoke to my heart. I've been doing this 40 years. God called me from a pastoring ministry to a prophetic ministry. I fought it very hard. I didn't want to be in the prophetic ministry, and I made all the excuses I could. And my wife, who's sitting here, 46 years married, and uh, <laughs> we, have, we have three children and 10 grandkids. And if I had known how much fun grandkids were, I wouldn't even have children, just grandkids. <laughs> My wife says, we're the yes house. Because their parents always say no, we always say yes <laughs> to everything they want. They're always calling grandma and she just thinks I'm, I have an endless supply, My wife does, so she just keeps buying them. But okay, <laughs> so, but it, it was from there that the Lord called me to prophetic ministry. I excused the Lord, I told the Lord I couldn't do the prophetic. I didn't know what it was. It was a lot of trouble. And I explained to him that I had a responsibility. And there was no prophets in this country. There was nobody doing anything like that. And uh, I had a train collision with my wife and one of our children in the car. And the train hit our vehicle. And the Lord really dealt with me. And from that moment to this, 40 years later, I'm still doing it. I average about 28 church meetings a month. And I do all kinds of training sessions. I've aimed at trying to keep a low profile because I believe I'm more effective. I noticed Jesus avoided trying to be high profile. He avoided being famous. He tried very hard to invest his whole kingdom in 12 shabby people that he elected that were from a region very quiet in the north. And he invested all of his energy into them to carry on the kingdom of God after he was gone. And now I'm at the stage where I'm completing what the Lord has asked me to do, and we've established a prophetic school called the Prophets Academy. You can check us out online at propheticlife.com, and just recently we launched it here in this country, and I started all here first because this is where I began, and I have a heart for the prophets. It is the most neglected, most misunderstood ministry in the world, most misrepresented. You know, if you get a miracle and everyone's excited about a miracle that happens, thank God for those miracles. But when you're dead, you've had your miracles gone. But when you get a prophetic word, that's the only thing. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word. It's the one thing that goes to eternity. The devil hates it. And so he's fought the prophetic word. They even slapped Jesus and said, prophesy, who slapped you? They were, the devil's always hated the prophetic. And people misunderstand it. They think it's a fortune telling. You only get prophetic words. A real prophet, if they only say what you like to hear and that tickles your ears, they're not worth anything. If they stir up and challenge you and speak words of creativity because God calls things that are not as if they were, they follow the nature of God. 40 years I've learned and studied this thing in depth and have much experience and I'm trying to pass it on. In doing that, we've established this school online which is a threefold avenue where not only academic but also a home created for the prophets to have safety and, and a place of protection as well as accountability. And then another section is where we have actual coaches. I believe the real Bible school is in personal, you know, Paul said, Timothy, copy me as I copy, uh, copy Christ. There is a hands-on personal uh, coaching that really is a good discipleship, more than just Bible school. Bible school is great, make no mistake, but you need to be discipled to be more effective. There are wonderful prophets in this country that do strange things. All they need is a little bit of coaching and they'll be far more effective. And then there's some weird ones that think they're God's gift to the earth that actually shut up and not even talk. <laughs> let alone prophesy, and these are the things that we want to straighten out and bring a level of integrity and standard, and that's what I'm doing here now at this time. In fact, we have an encounter, which is a small group that I really impart to right here in Johannesburg and at Axe Church, the South Campus, not this Monday, not tomorrow, but the week later. We have that, so if you want to find out, you can talk to Antony, he will tell you about that, and then we have one in Cape Town this week. I'm going to Cape Town tomorrow to do it there, and I'm just come for 12 days, and I'm going back as quick as I came. I've got so much else to do, but I'm really very zealous to get the prophetic imparted in a healthy, godly way, and there are lots of, this church, this church, 
from originally from Pastor Ed Rapid, always had a healthy, godly balance on the prophetic. I've never seen any church that would embrace the prophetic without overemphasizing it or undermining it. Always in a healthy, godly atmosphere. And I appreciated that so much. So I would expect in this house to have a lot of good prophets that would be healthy and balanced. For example, I won't even work with someone that doesn't belong and fully committed to a local church. I believe in my heart that you cannot be a healthy Christian if you're not part of a family. If you're looking for a perfect church, while you're here, it's less perfect. Do you understand that? I'm glad you understand it. God loves the difficulties you have in a local church. In fact, God welcomes an argument, a fight, a disagreement in the church. 1 Corinthians 11:19 says, There must be fighting and factions amongst you that they that are approved of God can be seen. Because when you have an altercation with someone, God's watching to see who has his heart. If you want to be right, you're not following the Lord. If you want to be reconciled, you have the nature of Christ. When you're a born-again believer and you love the Lord, you'd rather, you'd rather be reconciled. In fact, you have the right to be wrong even when you're right when you're a child of God. That's the nature of a Christian. Are you hearing me? The more godly you become, now I'm going to shock some of you, and those of you that are mature and hungry for the Lord will get this, the more you love the Lord, the more you naturally gravitate to taking blame that's not even yours, just so the blessing of God can flow. Yeah. The kind of prophets we like to generate are people that minister and not have to show off or need their own ministry to be seen. Prophets should bring glory to Christ, not to themselves. They should strengthen God's people. Silas, being a companion to Paul in Acts 15.32, said much to encourage the brethren, not to give direction or correction. That's the fallacy, the wrong understanding. You can't base your understanding and teachings off someone's opinion. You've got to get it from the word. Yes? All right, good. Enough of that. So, if you will turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke, Skywalker. <laughs> Luke chapter 1. It is my amazing observation over the years. I've noticed that women have always been God's secret weapon. Whenever God did something... A woman was involved. It's true. I'll show you every time. Whether she was a harlot or a queen, whatever, there was always a woman, even a, a slave girl with Naaman. God always had a woman in the mix and didn't get credit for it. And there are people here sitting today, male and female, that you do for the Lord and nobody even notices. But I want to bring some enlightenment to you about God's heart and plan. And I want to talk to you about a woman today that no one talks about, and her name is Elizabeth. I'm deeply moved by her, personally. She and her husband were from a Levitical family. And I don't know how many of my Goya friends understand that. I'm from a Jewish family. That's what I'm even doing in Africa. I was the first generation from an exiled family from Germany that exiled the Holocaust. And so I've always thought that my Gentile friends understand so many things, but as I get older, I realize that our customs are still coming through the word, and I want to share that with you. And so if they, if you are in the, there were 12 tribes, and the Levites were dedicated to service, so dedicated to the spiritual matters. Those that weren't operating or functioning still had to be supported, and there was a whole system in place for that. But now, to have one that's a Levite and married to another from a different tribe, very common, but not so with Zechariah. And Elizabeth, they both were Levites, and they both came from the same royal blood of Aaron. So they weren't just ordinary people. And they were married and had no children. In fact, the Word of God calls them barren and old. And Zechariah was part of a division, which was a group that was sent at different periods of time to serve in the temple. When he served in the temple... He was elected, and not something he wanted, to go and do this incense offering, which is the little platform or altar right before the curtain, before you go into the Holy of Holies with little horns, and you'd burn incense. Incense you burn to carry prayer because it's the only organ in your body that has not sinned. 
So the smell, the fragrance would carry up your prayers in a holy manner to the Lord. And that was his job to burn incense. And while he's doing that, he gets a visitation from an angel. And he's so contrasting in character to Elizabeth. She's a woman, so she's second-rate citizen in the culture, which is a very annoying thing for those days. We've missed too many good ministries because of wrong concepts. Stay with me now. If you get offended, I don't care. I'm going to tell you the truth. So stay with me. It's very important. We cannot miss the plans of God because we have stumbled on ignorance, right? Stay with me. And so this uh, Zechariah is arguing with the angel. How can this be so much so that the angel says, you're going to be dumb. You're not going to talk. Your talking is really getting yourself in trouble. You're hurting yourself. Let's shut you up. And he did. He couldn't talk until the child was born. Even told the child's name. His wife on the other hand, was so different. What a phenomenal woman. And it started with a young girl called Mary. And I know you guys don't understand this, but Mary was betrothed. And still today, in some of the more orthodox type Jewish circles, we actually hire people to matchmake your children. And today, in the Western culture and civilization, we find that crazy. We Jews find your system crazy because... You marry because you're attracted to someone. You don't care if they have anything in common with you as long as you find them attractive. And then when you finally got over the attraction and you married to them, you try and fit everything that doesn't fit, which is very odd. When I, tried it, when I needed a secretary years ago when my children were still young, I asked my girls what I would need for my secretary. And they went through a list. Well, she must speak Afrikaans and English. She must answer the phone. She could be polite. She must type. She must, all the things they said. So I said, so before I interview her, she must already adhere to these criteria. Yes, she said. Then tell me, why would you date a boy that's not even saved? Why would you even go to places and then have nothing in common with someone you're attracted to? And that's what the whole system of matchmaking goes. They spend a lot of time and years of professional and insight to try and match people. And all those match marriages that I've seen have worked extremely well because of the Lord's blessings upon it, because they have so much that they have in common together. Now, let that sink in for a while. So Mary was betrothed, and she wasn't married because she was still too young. She's about 15, and I want to explain this culture to you. And she's the cousin of Elizabeth. Elizabeth's about 40 years old. She's about 15. So they're not buddies. They don't play TV games together or go do makeup or go shopping or nails. None of that stuff. They know each other because they would meet one another often in the temple when they have the big celebrations. And she knew they knew each other, but they weren't buddies. But Mary is a young girl and she meets an angel. And I find her just as remarkable that she could say to the angel, let it be to me according to your will, which is, I find difficult in my own life still to do things that God asks of me that seem a bit strange. But out there, uh, I'm always saying, do whatever you want, Lord, until he says something that's weird. <laughs> but and that's what made David, King David, with all his strangeness. I mean, he had a problem with women. He was a terrible father. He made so many mistakes that David did. In fact, Nathan said to him, the real issue with God with you is that you killed Uriah with the hand of the Philistines. You offended God. And so he was a man with so many mistakes, yet God called him a man after my own heart. And the reason is that God called him that Acts 13.22 says, God says, having given David, son of Jesse, to him as king, testifying, I found David, a son of, son of Jesse, after, man after my own heart, because he will do everything I ask him to. I said, I do everything you ask, and God laughed at me. He said, you don't even hear half of what I say, let alone do it. So I set out many years ago to prove him wrong. I'm still trying. Because we just have a difficulty obeying God. That always has to fit into our program. And I'm working very hard to respond to him, even if it doesn't make sense. Or I just do what he says. I go moaning, but I still do it. None of you do that. I'm the only one. All right, I understand. Yeah. So Mary was so obedient to God, but the same moment the angel told about her being pregnant, said, and look, your cousin is with child. And the Bible says the moment she heard that, she got ready to leave to go visit her cousin. 
Now, that was a strange thing, first of all, because she's only 15. She can't just get and go. There's no bus, there's no train. You just, you just don't go. Dad won't let you go. So you had to send his servants. She must have talked him into it, and the servants must have gone with donkeys. It took several days to get there, and she finally arrives, and they didn't live in Jerusalem, lived south of Jerusalem in the Judean hills. And she arrives at Elizabeth's house. Now, when Elizabeth got pregnant, the Bible says she went into seclusion. For five months, nobody knew she's pregnant. She was in hiding. This is a six-month and in the book of John, uh, Luke, I'm sorry, Luke 1, verse 39, it reads like this in the new interesting version. <laughs> Checking that you're awake. That's the one Jesus used. And he said, if you're getting a new study Bible, now's the time, the pastor was saying, I, do the, I use the Bible Jesus would have used, the iPhone. <laughs> because the Bible says, I am that I am. So I reckoned iPhone, iMac, iPad. <laughs> seemed to me the most logical, biblical thing to do. <laughs> All right. Verse 39 says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried. She hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered, when she, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, now she's 40, Mary's 15, the baby leaped inside of Elizabeth's womb and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, and this is what got my, got my soul completely focused. Blessed are you amongst women, blessed the child you bear, but why, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? What a stunning response compared to her husband Zechariah. Uh, this is an angel inside the temple. The temple, you have no idea what a temple, a synagogue is not a synagogue, but the temple is like the main line, it doesn't get more holy than that. And he's inside the temple by himself, at the Holy of Holies, right before it, with an angel, and he's saying, how will I know this is really going to happen? <laughs> it's like you want to shake him and say, what's wrong with you, wake up, what are you smoking? <laughs> but Mary is, so, I mean, Elizabeth is so different, not only does she prophesy, this girl that's just now pregnant, nobody knows, Ronnie prophesies, she suddenly sees the whole thing, the awesomeness that she is now favored, that this girl, she, cousin, she knows that she's carrying somebody of that importance that would come to her. She gets such a sudden revelation. She's such a spiritual person. Who am I that you, she realized something important afoot? Something's going on. Who am I that you'd come to me? And then I realized something happened inside of her that she got the idea and understanding of what she was carrying. So you know the Bible school that John the Baptist went to was all Elizabeth. I know that, I'm almost an idiot, that almost that father Zechariah, who was so disbelieving, didn't raise him with faith. I know Elizabeth pumped that boy when she was holding him and he could barely talk, was telling him every day and prophesying over him, singing songs of victory, constantly celebrating the things of God. That boy was so prepared. He never had a girlfriend. He didn't go to the movies. He never did anything fun whatsoever. He was dedicated his whole life to bring Israel together, to, to sound that trumpet that they would know God's alive and have revival. They even thought that he was the Messiah. They asked him, are you the Messiah? John's life wasn't fun. He died also very young. Just before he was 33, he was beheaded. Not the best thing to happen to anyone. Not a fun life. And even at the end of it, he wasn't even sure if he'd done the right thing. He first told them, I'm not, I'm not the Messiah. There's someone coming with his shoes I'm not worthy to tie. And when Jesus comes, behold, the Lamb I mean, it's one dramatic thing after another. And at the end of his life, he's in this, keep this holding cell in the Herod's houses up in Tiberias, right at the Lake of Galilee. And he's inside the prison and he sends one of his disciples to go and ask Jesus, are you the one? What happened? How did you now, after all this, your whole life, coming to an end, culminating, and now you're not sure anymore? What happened to make you doubt? And that was always the challenge. And now the response of Jesus, here comes my Jewishness to help share with you. In Matthew, he says, go tell him that blind eyes are opened, deaf hear, the lame walk. He was quoting exactly one of the 
42 scriptures in Isaiah that was talking about the Messiah in detail, right down to the virgin birth and the miracles. And then, and then he turned and said, he said, and tell him the good news is being preached to the poor. That was a common expression of the day. The Romans would sound that constantly when they took over town and brought democracy. They'd shout, they'd shout good news, good news. They became free. So he brought the good news, and then he turns to the crowd, Jesus does, and says, blessed is he who doesn't take an offense on my account. Now, who would be offended at him? Now, you must stay with me now, but some of you will grab this and it'll help you a whole lot. We can get saved and fill the Holy Ghost and then start down a trail of religion and, legal, and legalism that keeps us away from the precious relationship we were saved for. The Galatians was a whole region of different churches. Paul writes to them, he calls them foolish. And he says, you bewitched. Who bewitched you that you would start out in the grace and end up in the law? Who does that? You were never in church. You didn't go to any kind of church. Now I get you saved and filled the Holy Ghost. And now you want to get into the law. People kept doing that. How would anybody like Aaron, who experienced God, who saw God move, who was say, so frightened to go up on the mountain, you go Moses, and while he's gone, be okay to build a golden calf. What in the world is that? That you know full well that's not God. You've seen God in action, that you're okay with something you made. We're okay with it in our churches too, to make rules and regulations and patterns that God didn't give to us. Because we feel comfortable being able to control our religion. We're not comfortable controlling by faith. We can't control our faith journey with Him. And that's what God really got us saved for, was to have a relationship, each individually. He so longs to fellowship with you. He's always waiting for you to make time for Him. Some years ago, He told me He loves the gray years. And I said, I don't understand. What does that mean? He says, all your life you're chasing something. But when you're gray... You have time for me. And it's true because you have so many things taking your attention. When you get older, your values change. And you have more time and you, you're looking for him. You want to know him. And he wants you to want him. He came in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve for a small slip of that day. Not because he got hot or he didn't have a day even. It was for Adam waiting for an opportune time to spend time with Adam and Eve. He waits every day to fellowship with you. That's what he saved you for. It is the most remarkable gospel and story ever told. You must understand that he made billions of angelic beings with great power and gifting that can move through space and time and take on different forms, these angels. And so when they failed him and let him down, he started a whole new mode of creation, uh, took his own DNA and reproduced himself for the first time. But not going through a danger again of giving angelic bodies to us in this state with this DNA he put us in an immortal body, in a controlled environment, so that we can build a relationship with him first before the immortal body comes. And so on this earth, you are the most important attraction to God in all the universes. There wasn't one single angel that was worth saving or redeeming. They sinned only once. They rebelled against God. You've sinned more than once this week. But you've been redeemed. And you should say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We've redeemed. It is the most amazing salvation. You are so important. So I don't like to hear people's whining, feeling sorry for themselves, but nothing to live for. You're talking nonsense. Shake off that lie of the devil. You are incredibly special. Even sitting here today, God chose you. You are very important to the plans of God. Do you understand? Nobody ever celebrated Elizabeth. No one ever talked about her, but had she not trained John the Baptist, there would have been a real difficult journey for Jesus. He had to prepare the way. She spent her life, she spent herself preparing that boy for his own death, for his own sacrifice, for his whole life being spent for self-denial for the purposes of God. You're sitting here this morning and there's some people today that you felt unnoticed and felt unimportant, but you play a vital role in the eternal plan of God. And you may not see it, it may seem mundane to you, unnoticed, unimportant, but very vital to the plans of God. So understand that God knows what he's doing. If you'll just trust him and let him have your, his way with you. When you're high profile and famous with man, you've got your reward already. But when you do things in secret, he rewards you openly. And I could use an amen now and again. Amen.
You are very important. You're a very blessed church in more ways than one. This is a very dramatic year. I am I'm the most non-alarmist you know. What that is is people that prophesy doom and gloom and Y2Ks and red moons and God help us every day is something together, water and food and hide away somewhere. And I, I'm just not that nonsense. I don't do that at all. I don't even believe in the tribulation. That was for the Jews. Who, I'm not going to run to the hills of Judea. Are you out of your mind? And the Gentiles, the Goya get such strange ideas and they want to be panic and fear and they're always creating fear. But I tell you the truth, I'm very aware this year some dramatic things are going to happen that I'm not excited about. You know, when I asked the Lord why I didn't, I knew something's going to happen in the year when we had COVID and I, I asked him, why didn't you just tell me about COVID? He said, no, but you act crazy. So I said, I do? He said, yes, if I told my disciples that we're going to the other side, but on the way is a mega storm, they would have put all their faith and energy in getting ready for a storm and ignored the other side. So I can't tell you stuff. I can't. Because you guys overreact. You don't trust me. You get full of fear. You get to use your faith for the wrong things. I want you to focus on my word and my promises. That's what they're there for. My word is life. My word is more important than the circumstances. Do you understand? Unto him is given much as much required. This is an extremely blessed family of God. Extremely blessed. And there's a freedom here that I feel and sense that, I, that is so refreshing to me. And uh, I've always loved the Rayford family. We're just down to it. No performance. Just They let God. They just allow God to do what he wants. Unfortunately, most pastors, including myself when I pastored, we have a tendency to control without meaning to. We feel that we have to keep a program going. Pastor Ed Rapid had the uncanny habit of just standing and watching when the Holy Ghost moved or allowing things to happen. I thought, no, don't do that. It's crazy. It's crazy. I remember one time when he was a pastor, they, they had a they had a ministry microphone and uh, you, you'd have a, people come in the front row and the pastor on duty would screen them, as it were, and then he'd let one or two go up to the ministry microphone and this one guy they allowed I don't know how that happened he said he felt God told him to blow in the microphone I said hell no that ain't happening put that man back in that chair put him but they let him get up and they gave him the microphone and Pastor Ed was okay with it and he's blowing in the microphone and I'm, I'm dying a thousand deaths like why would you do that and Pastor Ed is so comfortable just standing there he's like what and nothing happened then he blew again right at the back somebody screamed and a thing broke loose in that church that night we didn't even preach it was amazing it's like you're a better man than me Ed. I would never have done that <laughs> some people do strange things I met a prophet that once had told God had told him to go to the back there's a man in the back and he must nibble at his ear and tell him God loved him I said I will never do that Never. I would tell him God's doing that to you, but I'm not. <laughs> the story is delightful. It changed the man's life, but... <laughs> yeah. All right. So what I want you to learn today is how important you are. How vitally important each one of you are. You may feel and the devil would put you down. And in your lack of knowledge and understanding, you bind to the accusations of the enemy and all his lies. He's frightened. He's threatened. He's nervous of you getting the full picture of your importance and God's great plan for your life. God is at work. And that's what Jesus said. My father's always working. You just don't think when things don't work out the way you want them that God's not busy. Oh, he's busy all right. He's busy. Trust him. He loves you. And he knows what he's doing. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Thank you so much. <sighs> now I'm going to prophesy, and I've got to watch the clock again. Uh, did you have someone you wanted to prophesy to, to Pastor? Pulelani. Pulelani. You say it like a professional. Pulelani. Pulelani. Ish. One of your backing vocalists. Pulelani. Stand up, Mr. Pulelani. <laughs> Who's the lady next to you, sir? Why couldn't you be Joe or Peter? <laughs> so stand up. What's your name, young lady? Ungela. Longela. Do I say it right? Okay, that one. <laughs> Whew, how many children do you have? Eesh. How long are you married? Uh, five years. Five years and only one child. Okay. <laughs> 
Did you want to go home now? I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, looking at the future. What do you do for a living, sir? You know what? Civil engineer. There is a destiny on your life. And I'm very grateful to God for the prayers that were offered up over you since you were a boy. Has kept you going in the right direction. Fortunately or unfortunately for you, God has some leadership and political involvement in your life that you're not anticipating, looking for. That's what you're born for. You're a man of light and truth. Since you were a boy, you made such very severe choices and stood your man. You lost friends because you weren't willing to do what they did or believe what they believed. You pursued the truth. So God has got you in the quiet for now, getting you ready for your destiny. But you will be a voice, a man that will lead the people. You have a calmness about you that is not dramatic, but you stay with what you believe. You don't give up until you've finished. Your wife's a little different. She's a little more excitable. And uh, she will let you know what she's thinking before you get a chance to even answer. She'll answer for you what you should be answering. <laughs> Full of fire. But at the same time, my sister, you have a heart of gold. You're a wonderful friend and a really sincere woman of God. There's no question you have an upright heart. Uh, you still have so many things that hold on to you and weigh you down from your own family, trying to please. You're still trying to please someone in your family. And you've got to give it up. You've got to please God and not anybody else besides God and your husband. That's all you've got to please and God will do the rest. You have also a position that God has planned for you. didn't study for nothing, but you're not finished school yet. You're going to finish your studying and you're going to qualify and God's going to put you in a position. People underestimate you. But here's the key that the Lord says, I must tell you, don't fight for yourself. Fight for others. Let me fight for you. Because so many people do you wrong and you're very sensitive. Let God speak for you. Let God fight for you. Because you are favored highly of the Lord because of your heart. Because of your heart. You're kind and generous and you help people. He's telling me now that did you not see the other day that, that people try to hurt you and God put an angel around you, a real angel, and watches over you night and day because you have a destiny. And so there are many good things. You know, there's two more children coming. I don't know if they're twins, but they're very close. <clears throat> this one that you, is a child that will be a real blessing to you, this one, but the two that are coming are very lively when they compete all the time. And it's, it's going to set your house into a whole different level of, of activity. So I just want to warn you up ahead of time. I don't, and you're going to finish. He's going to, he's going to build you that house that he promised. He's going to build the house for you. It's going to be right. And he'll finish it. He's a bit slow, but he'll finish it. Thank you, guys. Do you have any more? That's it, just one? You only like one person? Goodness me. All right, Holy Spirit, you've got to show me who to minister to. I like all these young faces. That's the generation that's coming. So I'm going to... I'm... So the little fellow with an orange shirt, could you just wave at me, please? Yeah. I want you to stand, and I would like that entire row to stand, please. Quickly, we must stand quickly, so I'm going to speak quickly, and I'm going to get your names for the recording. That's why I asked the name, so it's on the right. What's your, what's your name, sir, with the orange shirt? Aiden. Aiden, how old are you, may I ask? 16. Aiden, you've made already some very good choices. You're on your way to the things of God, and you'll do very well. The only difficulty is you're a little too quick. You're always in a hurry to get things done. The moment God tells you anything, or you get an idea in your head, you're hurrying so fast, you get ahead of all the God's plans. You've got to slow it down somewhat, but you are a little boy genius, no question. You're a fast learner. You learn very well. You're blessed of God. You never can have everybody like you. Scrap that. The right people will like you, and that's all that matters. Do you understand? You are a best friend to a lot of people. What's your name, young lady? Tara? Kara, and how old are you? 16. Kara, you are a delight. You don't think you're beautiful, but you are in many ways. When you were born, it was a happy day in heaven because you would bring a lot of joy to a lot of people. You're a true friend. You're unselfish and you give so much of yourself, but you don't like yourself. You fight yourself. You don't think you're pretty. You don't want to buy clothes. You don't want to go to the store. You hate all that stuff. Get over yourself. It's getting really boring now. <laughs> 
God likes you just the way you are. And many people love you. Many. You are very well liked by a lot of people. Just something about you. You have no fear. You're a little bit unwise. You do things that are scary sometimes. And you have no fear. Walk alone in places no one else wants to go. But even the angel's saying, we're not going in there. We're, we're not going. <laughs> so just be a little wiser, okay? The prayer that you prayed for one of your parents, God heard you. You and God, you've been praying very hard for the one person. God has heard you. What's your name next to her? What's your name? Michaela? All right, you've got some hair, girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I used to have hair. <laughs> yes, many years ago. So, how old are you, Michaela? 20. Wow, you hang out with the kids, are you? What do you do, Michaela? A pastry chef. To become pastry chef, I can't put the two together, it doesn't make any sense to me. But okay, pastry chef is the strangest thing. You study two years to work with, with fat, flour, and water. It's the strangest thing. The same three, just every which way you can. It's kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah, it's called pastry chef. Okay, so you are a delight to so many people. You have a lot of fire in your soul. You're a woman of God. You hear the Lord. You are extremely prophetic. You always have been. Your family's had a little bit of chaotic stuff happening. It's all going to pan out without your help. You don't have to fix it. You just keep going for God. You're a delight to the Lord. You must just drive well because you sometimes, your mind is somewhere else. You need to pay attention. But God is with you. You're a delight to so many people. You bring blessing and wisdom as young as you are. You're way beyond your years in understanding. God has blessed you. You're an amazing young lady. Next to you. Carla. Is she Afrikaans? Yeah. Is she a bit Yeah, that's good. Much too obvious, yeah. And how old are you? 23. Okay, God is building inside of your confidence. The devil really knocked you in your teens, through, through, not through family, but through friends. People you trusted and you began to not believe in yourself and you felt you weren't good and you got that nervousness going on and you don't even like to be in public, you don't like to be seen. You need to shake that off because you're very, very talented. Perfect you're not, but there's not one person here. That's perfect. But you are absolutely the way God wants you to be, and He loves you. There's a lot of healing in your life, a lot of healing in your family, and that's going to be the very strength of your life to bring healing to other people. God is busy doing all that. You're very smart, and God's going to give you success. It's been a difficult road for you. You need the finance. You need the help to finish what you started. You will finish. God says, I will help you. You will succeed, and you will be all that God has promised, and I will fix the things in the family. Just step aside. Let me do it. Next person, please. What's your name? I can't tell. Jenna? Hi, Jenna, how old are you? You can sit down if you've been spoken to. 19. Okay, what do you do? Good. Are your parents in the church? Because you, have some, you had some wonderful raising. Someone raised you really well by the example and by the input in your life. And you have a strong confidence and godliness about you. You carry a presence of the Lord with you. You're very steady. And that's what God has blessed you with. And so him has given too much, as much required. God's expecting a whole lot for you, from you. There's a lot of travel waiting for you in your life that you're not necessarily anticipating, but a lot of international travel all over the world, and you'll represent the Lord. You're not a fast mover. In fact, sometimes you're a little slow. You've got to wait to get you out of the house. It takes the time. There's just not in a hurry, but you're very thorough, very good at everything you do, and God's hands on your life, no question. You've been prayed over so much, so you always do really well. God, you're not dating anybody right now, right? Because God has very carefully handpicked someone, only one person. So you don't want to date a bunch of guys. That's not the right thing. Wait for the right one, okay? His name is... Um... <laughs> I charge more for that because I'm Jewish. <laughs> Thank you. Sit down, my sister. What's your name? Jessica. Hi, Jessica. How old are you? What do you do? Your masters? Masters in what? Wow, how smart you are. But what makes you so valuable to God is how unselfish you are. You are extremely unselfish. You always care about everybody else. You always feel you're highly sensitive and you feel a lot about for everybody. You care about every you had to grow up so fast. You missed your whole childhood. 
had have been adult before your time, but God's going to refresh you in so many ways. He's going to bless you. You're going to do well. You've been surrounded by interesting people, no question. All for God's purpose. It all works together according to a purpose. God is with you. You have nothing to be concerned about. You're on track. You're on time. He's going to bring everything your way in the right time. Okay? Thank you, my sister. Next to you is this fellow. What's your name, sir? Jordan. Jordan. I crossed over the Jordan more than once already. How old are you? What? Are you sure? Are you trying to grow a mustache? Is that what that is? You know, the Greek boys, their greatest dream is to have a better mustache than grandma. I'm sorry, I, don't, I, I, I get out of control sometimes. <clears throat> so what do you do? Okay, that's pretty good. I love your heart. I love who you are. I love the journey you've been on and how you've abandoned all people's opinions and grasped. There's a real call of God on your life. You're going to work for the Lord full-time, and I don't know if you have your own church, but you're definitely part of a full-time staff in a church. That's your destiny. God's plan. Who's the lady next to you? Bernice, you're not, you're not with him, right? Just checking. How old are you, Bernice? What? 24. I'm just asking because there's two 23 four-year-olds right next to him. I'm just wondering what that's all about. But it's good. <laughs> Choices are all those women there. <laughs> it's like a harem. Okay, so what do you do? You know what? A master of chem chemistry. You make drugs? <laughs> no. You don't think that you're beautiful? comfortable being smart and always being the brainy kid since you were small. But the truth is you're beautiful too. You have a lovely heart. And I'm so sorry for the loneliness or the alone walking that you've done. It was never God's plan. You have so much more to offer than your brain. You have so much more to offer than you have the sweetest heart and kindest spirit. You have such a good understanding about so many things. When people really listen to you, the wisdom of God comes from deep inside of you. You're a sweetheart. You're a blessing. And we celebrate who you are and what a gift you are to this earth. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to exciting things in your life. I'm sorry you didn't study medicine. You've done a very, been a very good doctor because you just care about people so much. You're a blessing. And you're beautiful. So you're not dating someone right now? No? Okay. Thank you. Next to you is who? Manuela. God with us. And what do you do, Manuela? How old are you? Wow. You're the eldest here and of that group. Anyway, what do you do? Yeah. It was also a very good day when you were born because you've always been overcomer. That's what your name means in heaven. Revelation says we'll have new names in heaven. That's what your new name means. It means overcomer. You just don't stay with the negative. You always overcome, overcome, and you're a blessing. Right now, you're looking for new direction and new confirmation of God's plan. Just be patient. It's on its way to you. God's going to un unload all the stuff in one short time that he's got the plans he has for you. You can't help everybody in the family. I know you feel you'd like to fix people's lives. That's not your job. Your job is to do what God told you to do, and he'll do the rest. There's a lot of rearranging in your family that God is fixing at the moment. You're a delight to the Lord, and God does hear your prayers. There's a car on its way to you. God wants to bless you with a vehicle. Thank you. Do I have a little time to ship? Do I? Okay. The lady next to her with the not so young as them. What's your name? Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Are you in this church? You like it here? I'm so glad. Are you married, Nicole? Do you know who to? <laughs> What's his name? Cameron. Where is he? Okay. That's when, she, that's when he should come to church so he can get healed. That's what we do. That's what we were singing in the House of Miracles I heard this morning. Didn't we sing that? I thought that's what they're supposed to be. Okay. How many children do you have? And how many does he have? The same one. Just checking. I come from America. It's very confusing. They have such blended families, it's like a whole... The favorite word in America is, it's complicated. That's what they answer me always. So, um, the Lord has healed you as I'm speaking to you. He's fixing something in your body. The devil tried to put fear in you, trying to, to, to try and kill you. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. 
God is with you and you've been accused and you've had to fight some battles and you're not proud of some of the way you behaved and reacted because you were offended and hurt and God has brought healing to your life. He's going to bring a new song and joy back to you. He's rearranging some things even at home and around you. He's organizing. He doesn't need your help. He needs you to step aside let him work on your behalf. He does care. He does hear your prayers. They've judged you wrongly. People have distanced themselves and your own family from you and God's going to fix that and heal all those things. He's on. He's, God is at work right now in your life. He's on your side. And when you go home, there's a symptom that's been bothering you. Gone. It's gone. Totally gone. Thank you. The lady next to you. I was busy with the road. The lady next to you, please. What's your name? Joan of Ark. And what do you do, Miss Joan? Special needs children. Okay. My name is Ed, but they call me Special Ed. My grandkids do. They really do. Anyway. So. So um, I really appreciate your loving, kind, generous heart. You've always been a giver since you were born. You just have been a person that helped everybody. Nothing was too much trouble. And you don't have to have everyone celebrate you. God celebrates you. God does. You're a blessing to many people. You don't have because you don't ask. The things you'd like to have, you don't ask. Why haven't you asked him? He's waiting for you to ask. He'll do it for you. He'll do whatever you ask. Ask him. God can. Uh, you, everybody spend, you, don't, you and money don't do well together. You give it away so fast and you just, nothing stays with you. You can use a little wisdom. Little wisdom. You can't help everybody. Do you understand? Use wisdom. Yeah. You give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Eat your bread and sow your seed. Can you do that? Thank you. Next lady, please. What's your name? A lot of ladies today. You're right. Yabonga. Borgo. Teda Borgo. Jeez, why can't you be Sue and Joe and Pete? What's wrong with you people? Make it hard for me. All right. Did I say something? Are you guys leaving because I offended you? What? Coffee. Making coffee, are we? Thank you. <laughs> I remember him being at school. It's hard to see him as this wonderful, mature man of God. He's really an amazing pastor. I, I wish his dad could see him. I really do. I think his dad wouldn't talk. He'd just cry because he's really an amazing pastor. Honestly, I think he is. I would easily submit to him. Easily. He's my pastor anytime. All right. So, uh, are you married? Is there someone you like? Just look around and see what you like. I'll, 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 I'll prophesy or something. I, I don't even charge much. Just a small... What do you do for a living? You're an economist and a good one too. I'm very glad you're in this church. The devil has tried to confuse and misdirect your life so many times. So many offers have come and it's been a, looking back in your life. It wasn't plain and quiet. It's always something happening trying to get you here, there. You're on target. I must confirm and affirm God's plan. You exactly where God wants you at the moment. And you lost someone in the sense that was supposed to have been loyal and true and loving to you. And you keep having this pattern of people lying to you. And today it stops. By the word of the Lord, I release you from the deception that no more will happen. I hope that you're okay with a, a different color for a man in your life because God is lining something up. Just, and, uh, just want you to know that. Okay, good. So... It's a good economy, girlfriend, a good economy. <laughs> what's your name? Are you with her? Your brother. Okay, well, it's, what do you do? What's your name, sir? Morsa? I need the name for the recording. That's the only reason why I want to know it. I won't remember it more than two seconds. So, are you married? God is rebuking and, and cursing all the things of your past. Everything that held you back because so much has robbed you. It feels like your life had no direction, no life. And I'm here to tell you from God that he smiled on you. That he saved your life more than once. You owe God your life because he protected you. Because you did some crazy stuff. And God loves you. He loves you. Because you've got a kind of, you were a victim as a boy too. Things happened to you that was a shameful thing that happened. And it wasn't you, you did nothing wrong. And God loves you. He's got plans for you. Now, from here on today, you start making better choices. You mustn't miss a single church service. If I find out you didn't come to church, <laughs> I want you to be afraid. Because I will come and find you. You're not to miss church, you understand? Because you have destiny. And God's got good plans for you. You've got to, don't hang out with that bad crowd. You, that's, don't. That, not your friends. That, lose those bad friends, okay? Can we do that? Thank you. Is this mama next to you? Are you the mother? 
no, no answer. Are you family? Hansi? Un? Hansi. That one. Okay, and are, are you family? You don't know them, you don't like them, you don't know Okay, good. <laughs> I, may I thank you before the Lord? Have I got a couple of minutes? Uh, uh, just me finish the road. Can I do that? Okay, so uh, I want to thank you for your faithful prayer life. Because you have touched the, the throne of God repeatedly in the middle of the night for different people. We've gone through so many strange things. You know how to call on the Almighty. It seems like you were the only light in that household. And I thank God for you because you've learned to pray. You've learned to walk in faith. Sometimes a load is on your shoulders. But from today onwards, you're going to cast all your cares on Him. Because He cares for you. And He's brought you through. You're tired and you've had such concerns for someone you love so much. A child or something seems like it's always trouble, trouble. Today, it stops. The curse is broken and the blessing of God must overtake that child and the restoration must come. No more trouble. In fact, God's going to be his lawyer and, and break the spirit that has kept stealing from your children. No more, no more. God's going to change that. He's not forgotten about you. Are you guys a couple? Stand up, both of you, please. Are you legally married? What's your name, sir? Gerard. Is your Afrikaans? My soort man. What's your name, sister? Helenet. And you like him? Okay. How long are you married to him? 53 years. Wow. Dit wil sê dat jy maar 10 jaar oud was die getrouwd is. Very young married must be. And how many children? Three. Three. That's wonderful. And grandchildren? Eight. No great-grandchildren yet? Okay. I don't want great-grandchildren. It means I'm too old. I feel... Yeah. So, Gerard, I, you're an interesting man. You don't look for trouble. It finds you very easily. Stuff always happened to you. But you have the kindest heart. You just, you know, as smart as you are, you're so gullible. People like you and you just buy into it every time. People have used you all your life because you've got a kind heart. You act tough, but you're not tough. You're not. You're a softy. And God loves you for it. And he's going to restore to you what the enemy stole from you and bring all the blessings. You accumulate all kinds of junk. You've got so much rubbish. You don't even know you've got that stuff. And we want to use it. You keep keeping stuff in case you need that screw. And then you go looking for it. You can't find it. You can buy another one anyway. So it's the strangest thing how you gather. Don't keep stuff. But God has heard your prayers. The children will not get away. God is hounding them. They will serve God. God, God has lengthened your years. He's put his hat and heart, hand on your heart to lengthen your years. These are very precious, important, productive years that he's got for you, not only for your own family, but for the people around you, because you are a good influence, and God's going to use you to use that personality of yours to win people. As for you, Lynette, God, your strength and your shield, you're a fighter. Boy, you're the, one, you're the bulldog. If you believe in something, you don't give up, and you go after it, and it's scary. In fact, your kids avoid talking to you on the phone, because they're going to get it from you if they don't do something right, because you will always direct your kids in the right way, but at the same time when they need help, they know where to come. They need prayer, they know who to come. But you'll always be the most positive person. You don't know how to lose. You just know how to win. That's Lynette, a winner. Don't know how to lose. And you'll always find a way. And you helped Gerard so many times because he was a bit slow. You pushed and he did good. And he's got a wonderful heart. You're a lovely couple. And I rejoice and I celebrate the two of you wonderfully and your children. And they will serve God. They will all be on fire for God. That's God's promise. I do have books and CDs back there, please. You will not make heaven without them. <laughs>